Good afternoon, Endicott. My name is Megan. And I'm Shannon. You're listening to Flip Chicks on EC Radio Endicott College. After our six-week hiatus, we are finally back with the second season. Woo! We are so excited to be back, and we have plenty of special surprises for you in the coming weeks. On this first episode, we will be recapping everything we've consumed over winter break, and it was a lot. Because of this, there will be no movie review today, unfortunately, but we do have an extra special pop culture update to tell you what you missed in the last month, including the Grammys, Harry and Meghan, and Selena Gomez. But before we get to that, let's begin with a game we like to call, What's That Movie? We're going to read out three hints about a certain movie, and it is your job to guess what the movie is. You can reply on our Instagram story that we posted, um, at ECFlipsticks on Instagram. Write down your answer or simply keep it in your head until the end of the show when we reveal the answer. Yes! I hope you guys are ready. We're ready to play some games, have some fun. <laughs> so, like Shannon said, at EC Flick Chicks. Keep that in mind. Here's the first hint. This film was in production for almost 10 years and had a variety of different directors and writers. The second hint is that the film won several Oscars upon its release for Best Actor, Best Editing, Best Sound Mixing, and Best Sound Editing. And lastly, this film tells the story of a popular band that rose to fame in the late 1970s. Like I said, you can reply to our Instagram story and let us know what the answer is, and at the end of the show, we'll have a big reveal. In the meantime, let's get to the pop culture update! Okay, let's go! Alright, so, since our last episode in December, a lot has happened in the wild, wild west of pop culture. Let's run through some of it. Starting off with music. All right. So the Grammys uh, happened on Sunday, January 26th, and we're just going to do a little bright lightning round, let you know, because this is flick chicks, not, you know, sound chicks. (laughs) (laughs) We don't do music on this radio station. So, um, as per usual, two of my favorite standouts in fashion were Billy Porter and Lil Nas X. Yes. Billy wore this gorgeous blue number with a wonderful hat, and it had tassels, and they automatically closed. <laughs> That's iconic. <laughs> it was great. Uh, it spurred many memes. And Lil Nas X wore a gorgeous neon pink western ensemble, and he actually got some hate from a famous preacher online who posted all about how it was, like, sinful. And he just popped back saying, wow, I look good in that pic, though. So. I love that. I saw a tweet him. that was like, everyone at the Grammys looked like a different Batman villain. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, that's kind of that accurate. That's accurate. Um, however, these men and their bold fashion statements were not enough to save the Grammys because it remained one of the most boring award shows of the year. I feel like it's always the most boring award show. Actually. But that's just me. The Grammys this year marks the lowest rated Grammys of all time. So. <laughs> Ouch! Yeah. That hurts. Uh, even Billie Eilish, she won four Grammys. She won for Song, Record, and Album of the Year, and New Best Artist. Um, she didn't want to be part of the event that she mouthed, Please Don't Be Me, before winning her. Oh uh, my award. god. What does that mean? Why are they so um, against the Grammys? I think she knew that she was going to get a lot of hate because no one wanted her to win. Everyone wanted Lana to win. Oh, that's sad. Yeah, but Grammys, do better. Yeah, step up your game, please. Uh, Moving on to some more music news. These involve some artists. Uh, Selena Gomez and Justin Bieber have drama. Oh, wow. What else is new? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's not like they dated years ago or anything. While being interviewed on NPR this week, Selena Gomez accused her ex, Justin Bieber, of being emotionally abusive. Um, Selena said, 
I'm not being disrespectful. I do feel like I was a victim of certain abuse. Wow. This came out at a bad time for Justin because he just went on the Ellen show and claimed that in the past he was worried that he wouldn't be able to stay faithful to his wife. <laughs> he said that in an interview? He said that and that was the title of like the interview online. Okay, Justin. <laughs> and he also uh, just, there was this video leaked of him getting out of a car and like a bunch of paparazzi around, he like slams the door on Haley as she's trying to get out. Oh my god. Yeah. So things aren't looking good for Justin. Uh, and many fans came out to support Selena. However, some retorted that she was just as abusive, citing evidence of a video of her slapping Justin when they were dating, and an interview of her laughing about making him cry. So... Um, I guess I guess no one really knows. No one was in their relationship. Personally, I don't think it's relevant anymore. Yeah. They dated so long ago. I mean, I would say the best advice is for Selena just to kind of stop. I she needs to move on. Yeah. I. I mean, we also can't talk because we don't know what she went through, yeah. but I don't know. She she just released music about Justin, and it was so long ago, yeah. and he's married, and he just kind of seems like not a great person, so yeah. maybe just let it be. I'm not a huge fan of either of them, so yeah, me I hope they sort that out. Uh, now, it's time for, I'm sure, what all of you missed most about this show of a break, the Harry Styles. Yes, Harry Styles. Woo! First off, I'd like to say happy early birthday to Harry, whose birthday is tomorrow. I love oh, you, King. Happy birthday, Harry. Keep living your best life. But in important news, images leaked of Harry filming his new music video for Watermelon Sugar. <gasps> Ooh. Which is so exciting. He was spotted gallivanting across a beach in pearls in a Hawaiian shirt with a gaggle of gorgeous girlies in Malibu. That's everything. It was, it's beautiful. I think every music video he ever puts out is just going to be amazing. I think this album is a visual album, so every single song is getting a music video. Which oh, is stop. Exciting. That's everything. Um, watermelons were included, obviously, in the fun shoot, but I'm excited for this one. I'm very excited, too. It looked very intriguing. And in our final piece of music news, not something I particularly was interested in. Me neither. In, but it's news, at the least. Um, the band My Chemical Romance is set to do a tour of North America for the first time in nine years. And former angsty and sad teenagers everywhere are losing their minds. They really are. My Twitter feed is going crazy. People are hype about MCR coming back. Yeah. Um, it's pretty iconic. I liked a few of their songs. I mean, Teenagers, Slap. I'm not okay. I'm not okay, I promise. That was a good one. Um, so, it's supposed to take place between next October and September, and they are coming to Boston, in case anyone was curious. Um, tickets went on sale today, at noon. Um, I'm yeah. sure they are probably sold out. It now. looks like they're incredibly expensive and impossible to get. Yeah, so, I'm sorry, MCR fans, if you're hearing this, you, you, if you haven't had a ticket right now, you're probably not so, moving on to some celebrity news. There's some Jennifer Aniston and Brad Pitt drama going on. Now, this this is a little more interesting to me. Yeah, this is more But current. I think people are making a little bit much out of it. I agree. So, recently, Jen and Brad have been caught canoodling quite frequently in award <laughs> Canoodling? Shows. The pair are both nominated for some awards. Um, Jen is nominated for The Morning Show. Brad is nominated for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Um, and they've been spending a lot of time together because of this. Uh... But recently, the thing that started this whole large saga is that there's a picture released of them at the SAGs, and 
uh, it was them, like, laughing, and, like, she was touching his arm. Yeah, she was, like, going for the arm, and they were just, like, gazing into each other's eyes. It looked pretty authentic. Yeah, Um, people were really, uh, freaking out about this. Yeah, a lot of people rushed to Twitter to ask for them to get back together. See, I can't say that I was ever really into Brad and Jennifer. I think I was too young for that moment. Um, all I knew was Brangelina, but, um... I don't know. I it, it's like Selena and Justin. That was a long time ago, but you know I'm a sucker for romance, so yeah. Yeah, it's cute. I mean, he did cheat on her supposedly. Um, yeah, I don't know how much I trust Brad Pitt. Yeah, I love Brad Pitt, but yeah, he's he's not a family man. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, let's not forget his reference to his Tinder bio and yeah. uh, one of his speeches at one of these award shows. And Angelina apparently was not happy. She thought, there are sources close to her say that she was, like, outraged that he was trying to stir the pot. She thought it was intentional. Oh, my God. Okay, I don't think it was intentional. Let's, okay, let's think about this for a second. They were married, weren't they? They were married? Or maybe they weren't married, but they were together. Yeah. They had a, they had a, a significant relationship. Yeah. And... So, obviously, when they see each other at an award show, they're going to talk, and there's still going to be some sort of warmth there, it's as long as... years, too, so they're probably... Yeah, different. so it's not like... Why would it be intentional? I don't agree, Angelina. Yeah. Angelina, if you're listening, I don't I agree with you. you. I know you're listening. I don't agree with you. Uh, moving on from one <laughs> uh, star-studded couple to another... News for the royal, or should I say, not so. Oh, I hate this story. <laughs> I so Harry and Meghan, in case you didn't know, um, the the royals, uh, said beat it, bozo, to Britain, <laughs> <laughs> and backed away from the royal family this month. They surrendered their public funds, and they will divide their time between the UK and North America. Buckingham Palace announced this uh, earlier this month. They moved out because their mental health was suffering uh, under the conditions of being royal. (laughs) Me too, sis. I understand this a lot. No, I get it. I think... I I don't understand why it's such a big deal. It was all over the news for so long. Yeah, people are losing their minds. I I don't understand. We're living in the United States of America. This is not relevant to me. I don't really care. And why why not just let them do their own thing? And I mean, especially Harry, who had to see his own mom get like yeah. killed by the press, and the same thing happened. Exactly. And my my mom made made a good point, which was that he's not close to being king. Yeah. So why not just let him I do think his own like thing? Four or five people would have to die. For yeah, him. everyone's ahead of him. So like, why does he need to be there? Yeah. He's doing his best. He doesn't want to bald. And I think another thing is people are mad because they're biased against Americans. Yeah. They're all like, oh, it's all Meghan Markle's fault. She did this. But it's like. She's the fox in the hen house. Exactly. But it's just because she's an um, independent American. She just wants to do her own thing. She was very financially stable even before they got married. Exactly. It's 2020, okay? Women, men, anyone, royals. They Archie. Can, Archie. They can they can be independent and do their own thing. Yeah. And, you know, good for them. I respect you guys. So, uh, on this last uh, point of news today, I have some bad news for any... I'm, I'm wiping school. away some tears right now. <laughs> any high school musical fans out there? Um, Zac Efron is officially cuffed, ladies and gentlemen. He's off the market. This is such sad news. Zac Efron is cuffed. He's dating Halston Sage. I looked this up the other day. An actress who has starred in Prodigal Son and, or- and The Orville. Is mm-hmm. that what it is? Yeah, that, those are both 
TV shows, I think, very recent or still going on now. Yeah, Prodigal Son just came out this fall. Yeah, so she is kind of new into the scene. Yeah, I've never seen her before in my yeah, life. Yeah, but um, they made it official the end of 2019, and uh, sad as this is for some of us, I'm <laughs> glad they're thriving. So, uh, before we go into this week's topic, we'd like to take a moment to wish the best to all of Kobe Bryant's family, uh, friends, and fans. Him and his daughter died tragically in a helicopter crash this Sunday, and they will be missed. Yes, they will be missed. Very sad news. It's been an eventful month and a half, I have to say. And it's only going to get crazier in the new year. A lot of stuff's going to happen this season. Speaking of, let's discuss what we started the year with in this week's topic what we consumed over winter break. Just be warned, there will be spoilers ahead for the content we discuss. We apologize in advance. Just block your ears, because we're talking about some good stuff that we want you to watch, definitely. So let's start with The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, Season 3. So, this season, Midge hits the road on a comedy tour, opening up for singer Shy Baldwin alongside her manager, Susie. Back home, her family struggles with money as her father just lost his job, and her ex, Joel, starts up as a businessman attempting to open up a bar. So the ratings on this season range from 8.2 to 9, with an 82 on Rotten Tomatoes, which is actually the lowest rated season ever. Uh, Season 1 rated 94, and season 2, 91. Um, I also heard that there was was some negative feedback about the season. Some people said it was kind of dull, a little boring, which... I guess compared to other seasons, I would agree with, but it was still, like, riveting. See, I disagree with some of the critics. I think that this season was the most interesting for me, a Miss Maisel fan, but I can see how it would be critically rated low because it can't stand alone. Like, the last two seasons kind of could. Yeah, it's definitely, um, it's not, it doesn't travel as much. I feel like the first two seasons went a lot of different places, but this season was a little more, um, expositional in a way. Yeah. Um, but I still, it, it's still fast paced. It's still hilarious. The, the characters are great. I just love that every character has their own arc and yeah. you're interested in every single one of them. It's not just about Midge. It's no. about everyone around her. Yeah, I agree. I think, um, they circled back to Lenny Bruce's character, which is one of my favorites. Oh, Lenny Bruce. And I really appreciate that they tried to explore him more, but I also think it might've been a little too ambitious because they tried to give everyone a little bit of a backstory and it didn't. Yeah. Well. Yeah, and we've talked about the whole Lenny Bruce situation because he was a real person. Yeah. Um, we wonder how far they'll go. Yeah. But I, I love everything they did with Lenny. I thought it was great. He's one of my favorite characters. Uh, in addition to the Lenny Bruce, uh, you know, tragedy, there was also some concern about the way they portrayed Shy Baldwin, who wasn't a real person in real life, but he was based off real singers. People said that the issue of race in America at that time period wasn't portrayed as well as it should have been. Like, it was just kind of, like, all about Midge, which I guess makes sense because it is her show. Yeah, I mean, that that begs the question is, are they responsible to show an accurate depiction of race in America at the time? Which, personally, I don't think it's their responsibility. I mean, the responsibility of the show is to tell a story. And Midge, Midge is white. So, so it's, I I mean maybe they could have done better, but um, I don't. I thought they tackled a lot of um, a lot of serious topics. I think they did the best they could with their time restraints. I agree. Um, and a little little question for you, the audience can consider it as well as us. But 
Who do you think was the best love interest for Midge? Joel, Ben, or Lenny? This is really tough. Uh, we've talked a lot about how Maisel makes it so that you love every single love interest. Yeah. I mean, sure. they're all flawed and they're all completely different in their own way, but you love them all. And I would be happy with her being with any of them. But I think right now my answer is Lenny, even though I know it won't happen. I'm kind of Camp Ben, but at the same time, I love a way back. So Joel's up there for See, me. yeah, it's rough because... You know, L- Lenny's dark and mysterious. Benjamin's the perfect the man, stable one. the the stable one, yeah. and Joel Joel's the the oldie but the goodie. You know, <laughs> like exactly. he's the comedian, the ambitious one. Yeah, but... I can't wait to see what the writers do. With yeah, them. I'm excited. All right, moving on. The second content we'd like to talk about today is Sack Lunch Bunch, which John Mulaney's Sack Lunch Bunch released on December twenty fourth, Christmas Eve. And it has a very high 96% on Rotten Tomatoes. It was directed by Reese Thomas and written by John Mulaney. It involves some very special guest stars, including Jake Gyllenhaal, Natasha Lyonne, Richard Kind, etc. This movie is an eccentric piece that imitates a children's special, but it has a lot more adult themes delivered through like songs and dance and silly segments. And it's like, it's adult themes and children's packaging. It's, yeah. it's themes that children go through, but in a more... Um mature light I guess it was hilarious John Mulaney is such an artist which I think is so rare to find in a comedian you know he he goes above and beyond and he does what he he follows his visions I guess you would say he's very um aspirational he knows what he wants but um personally I didn't know what to expect going into this and I was very surprised but the more I think about it the less I like it which is unfortunate for me yeah I mean I I will say that I I like his comedy specials more. Yeah. And I find them entertaining all like throughout. Mm-hmm. I think Sack Lunch Bunch is funny as a like one whole package. Yeah. Um but like I don't know as I watched it I was like okay, it's like little bits built up that makes it really good. And that's not to say the kids aren't talented, it's just something I wouldn't see myself watching again. Yeah, the kids are very very talented. And also, shout out to Jake Gyllenhaal. His really, performance is hilarious. Mr. Muzak really pulled it together at the end. So, Megan, what was your favorite segment from them? I'm going to say either the Jake Gyllenhaal one or the song about um, only eating pasta because mm-hmm. that's really relatable to my life. As an Italian, Megan really <laughs> As an Italian and as a picky eater, pasta's all I eat. My favorite was um, I saw a white lady standing on the street just crying, and I think about it once a week. <laughs> that was a really good one, and I think that kid was very talented, a descendant of the Jacksons. So. We love to see it. All right, next, what we've all been waiting for, Little Women. This film was adapted from Louisa May Alcott's Little Women and was directed by Greta Gerwig, who was snubbed this award season, yeah. let me tell you. It was released on Christmas Day, and that was when we went to see it, because, you know, we're hardcore fans. We sat in the front row. Actually, it was I think it was the second row, yeah. um, which was kind of terrible. But, Not our choice. Um, so it has a 95 on Rotten Tomatoes and an 81 on IMDb. Iconic. Uh, so good. It was just as so good as I thought it was going to be. It was everything I could have asked for. Exactly. Like, it was, like, it was so wholesome and pure, and it was the perfect retelling of it. Because it, yeah. it followed the book very closely, but there were little spurts of... of Modern day. Like, exactly! Cool. It was so good. Timothy Chalamet, I, I don't have words. Stellar. Um, he was the perfect Laurie. He was. When he stood on that chair 
and went, there's a girl out there. I felt that. Yeah, I think him, Florence, and Ugh, Florence. Sarah were standouts for me. They were fantastic, but that's not to say that the rest of the cast wasn't was great, good? because no, Laura Dern, Meryl Streep, Eliza Scanlon, who am I forgetting? Oh, Emma Watson. Yeah. They were all fantastic. They all ate that up. They were all fantastic. They did it. My favorite part of Little Women was the fact that they really questioned Joe's love interest. Yeah. In the book, they don't do that. It's, it, but you when you read it, it just comes out of nowhere. You're like, mm-hmm. oh, but I thought Joe was gonna be independent, but now we're giving her this random middle-aged man yeah. as a as a love interest. And so I was worried because they casted this, like, pretty hunky guy to, to play him. Yeah. But then they, they went on and, and showed that, you know, it wasn't really Joe's choice. Yeah. They added a nice little, like, fourth layer of, like, you know, exactly. breaking the wall. Almost. It was meta, and I loved it. I yeah. loved that so much because that's the touch of modern twist that we needed. Exactly. I heavily agree with that. Um, but speaking of that, do you think that Joe and Lori should have ended up together? I don't know. I think I'm biased because I spent so long um, forcing myself to accept it because I know that's what's true. I I think it makes sense that they wouldn't work together because they are too similar. And and Joe did need someone that was not as, like, crazy and ambitious as her. Um, I like Lori and Amy together. I think that's why a lot of people don't like that ending because it's, like, too realistic. But when you really yeah. think about it, like, their personality traits, like, they're more like brother and sister than boyfriend and girlfriend. Like, they yeah. egg each other on too much that actually worked as a couple. Exactly. But I can see how people, like, wanted it. And I, I kind of love that it's realistic. I love the heartbreak of it. Yeah. I mean, Lori yelling to her on the... That scene is so it's, it's just so good. Timothy really yeah. plays it well. That's definitely going to be the scene they show at the Oscars. Definitely. All right. So, on to the next film, Parasite which came out October 5th, 2019, but it already feels like a classic to me, was just released. Oh, yeah. And, or it was just really, it was just released for streaming. Um, so if you want to go watch it, now's your chance. It has a high 99% on Rotten Tomatoes, and it was directed by Bong Joon-ho. It was fantastic. I don't so think I can say much. I mean, it was just so good. It was so dark without being overly dark, yeah. and... It was such a complex plot while being very simple. Just the idea of of people trying to to get rich, basically. Yeah. I mean, it was just so interesting. I think it really strongly parallels the film Us um, by Jordan Peele, which the director actually said he was in the middle of working on Parasite, and then that was the day the trailer for Us dropped, and he was like, wow, these are the same exact story. So I think that says a lot about like movies that are coming out nowadays and how they like reflect the class struggle. Yeah, like Knives Out as well. It yeah. really, uh, well, Knives Out is more of a satire, but they they both kind of start an interesting dialogue on class Rich distinctions. People. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I think this movie is going to be a classic soon to come. Definitely. I can see so many shots being like posters in people's rooms. It deserves all the awards it got. It definitely does, and it's a strong contender for best movie of the year. Exactly. Next, let's talk about You Season 2. Um, you Season 2 was released on December 26, 2019, and once again follows Penn Badgley as Joe, or should I say, Will. <laughs> um, he once again finds a new girl, Love, that's her name, to obsess over, but things are not as they seem. The second season is actually rated lower than the first, which I don't agree with. I don't agree. 
uh, has an 89 on Rotten Tomatoes compared to season one's 93. A third season is in the works for 2020. I loved this season. So I thought good. it was way better. I mean, not that the first season wasn't good, but it was it was seemed very expositional in comparison yeah. to the second season. I mean, Joe really transforms. He really does. It's very interesting. So good. It's such an interesting look at serial killers. Yeah. It's so different from anything you've ever seen. See, I was really putting off watching season two because I was like, I like the first season was very interesting, but I didn't see like where they would go. I thought it would just be like a repeat of the first season. I was like, I don't yeah. Have to watch that. But after and es- it, especially considering they killed off the, yeah, the, who you thought was the protagonist, but really Joe is. Yeah. Um. So yeah, like how how is it going to continue? But. What they did was so good, and my favorite part is that it's just, there's so many iconic moments that are memes now, Yo. which I find so funny. Joe's, like, baseball cap and hoodie look that's supposed to make him unrecognizable, and th- there's just so many distinct details that are, they're just so good. It they're makes me so laugh. Good. I think um, this season... It was not critically as well as the first season. I can see how that ended up being. But I think yeah. this season was, like, so proper. It had all the drama I needed. It was what I needed. Like, even if it wasn't... It was a little campy, a little a little weird. But I, I loved it. I loved it. I agree. Very well done. So, the, the debate. Is yeah. Joe attractive? I... Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. I think Joe is attractive. Penn Badgley, if you're listening. Big Virgo energy. Oh, I love it. I yeah, love it. I think Joe, as Penn Badgley has brought up, there's many issues with the character, and, like, obviously, he's not redeemable, but... Yeah, but the whole point is he's supposed to be attractive. That's serial yeah. killers. Have you ever watched anything about Ted Bundy? Exactly. So, I don't fault a society for finding him attractive. Me neither. So, moving on. Next movie, 1917, was released on December 4th in London, but it actually took a much longer time to get to main theaters in the U.S. Um, Yes, it was, it came out after the Golden Globes, which made me mad. Yeah, because when they went, I was like, okay... Yeah, we we watched the the Golden Globes and we were like, uh, okay, whatever. So, this, uh, this film was... Uh, it has an 89% on Rotten Tomatoes, which Only is an 89. very low. That is, that's low. Yeah. For, lower than what I thought it would get. That's really low considering the fact that it did win the Golden Globe for Best Movie, so I thought we And it did all. deserve it. After yeah. I watched it, I, I understood. See, for the first 15 minutes, I sat there and I was like, oh, I'm not gonna like this, because I just, like, got a vibe, but then Andrew Scott showed up and I was like, oh. <laughs> I mean, that's how I feel about most things. <laughs> I was intrigued. I, see... Well, and especially after it won and I hadn't watched it, I was thinking, like, you know, this is just going to be another war movie full of men and over overly done violence, and I'm not going to love it. It's going to be all right. But when I watched it, it, it completely changed views. It's, yeah. it's one of those films that is so dedicated to the plot, and it, it doesn't need all those external factors. It's just these two boys. That's all it's about, yeah. and it's, a, a, what, a one- or two-day journey? That's it. I love that. It sucks you into this one moment in time and then just spits you out. And you're like, what just happened? And it doesn't have... I'm sorry, critics. It doesn't have to be a complicated plot to be a good movie, like Megan was saying. Like, it doesn't- exactly. I've seen a lot of reviews that were like, oh, well, this didn't really... um." Didn't, didn't address the, the problem of war. And I was like, well, just because it's a war movie doesn't... Like, why do people think that 
content has a responsibility to make a statement. It doesn't always have that responsibility. It doesn't always have to teach a lesson or make a statement or tell you something. It's just about people. And I think <gasps> even saying that, there was a statement, it just wasn't, like, dialogue, like, bloated. The movie had, like, very little dialogue, which I respected, because it kind of says everything Because it, it shows you, yeah, and yeah. Ugh, speaking of the visuals, there were some shots where I just stood with my, or sad, I guess, yeah. with my jaw open. I was like, oh my god, it was just beautiful, and, like, I mean, the whole fact that it was one shot, I mean, I, it's not even just technically brilliant, mm-hmm. it's in terms of the story it's amazing i mean the split between the two shots really gives you like an act one act two vibe which i really really liked it just made it all the more powerful every scene in the movie you could pause and like have a screen cap of and it would look like a painting it was just that that good it was amazing and i love this is a point that our friend julia made to me um the fact that the protagonists were played by unknown actors and as the uh you meet soldiers that are going up the ranks Mm -hmm. they become more famous british actors it's very interesting it's symbolic you know you have is you know i don't i don't know what the military ranks are but you go up a little bit higher than the main characters you have andrew scott you go a little higher well the highest is colin firth i think a little lower than that is benedict cumberbatch someone like andrew scott's played by richard madden i mean it's just so interesting and it comes out of nowhere you you go into these these foxholes and you see colin firth and you're like whoa and he only lasts five minutes and i really respect that they did not exploit their celebrity oh it's so good it's so 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 good so good so i guess our final discussion question is um why do you think there are less world war one movies than world war two i think uh yeah, I mean, this has been a thing that I've thought about for a long time. Mm-hmm. People are always much more interested in World War Two, and I think yeah. probably because it was so much more catastrophic, and there's a lot more that happened with the Holocaust and stuff. Um, it's just more well-known in general. Too. Exactly. I've always found World War One pretty interesting. Um, but I guess maybe because there's just less places to explore. I mean, World War Two, you have Germany... Uh, Pacific. And the Pacific, you know, yeah, Japan, parts of Europe, all of it, so. Yeah. And Tom Hanks likes World War II better, so. Yeah, so, I mean, that means everyone has to like World War II better. Absolutely. What a crazy month it has been. So much content, yet much, much more to come. Before we close, let's reveal the answer to what that movie, um, drum roll please. <laughs> The answer was Bohemian Rhapsody. (laughs) One of our favorite movies. We hope that you answered that right. Uh, That one was pretty easy, I gotta say. But um, we hope you you had fun with that. We're going to try more games in the future. (laughs) So, that's all we have for today. Uh, Tune in next week when we discuss our Oscar reactions and 2019's biggest winners and losers. We'll be here next Friday at our regular time, 2.30. We're the Flick Chicks, and we hope you have a great night. Take it away, Frankie.